0: Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast from the team of Titan, a web development consultancy that specializes in Laravel, Vue, React, sometimes Livewire, uh, and a whole lot more. My name is Dave Hicking, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Susanna. Susanna, how are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing wonderful. It is a Friday afternoon, uh, which is typical for 20% Time. If this is your first time listening, we call it that because that's the day that Titan devotes to... uh, Open source work, um, yep. learning new things, trying to give back to the community, trying to, I don't know, do, do interesting stuff. And that's kind of why we're here today. Um, we're, uh, we're joined today by, uh, the one and only Tony Messias, who is a staff programmer at Titan. Tony, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, Tony, I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time. Tony, for those of you who don't know, first of all, Tony's incredible, um, Tony, for, for folks who, who don't know you, uh, where, uh, where can they find you online?
1: Mostly on Twitter. Okay. My handle is TonySMDev, I think.
0: We can put a link in the in, in the yeah, show notes yeah. so people can see it. But, but yeah, no, Tony is a wonderful programmer. He is a, a wonderful teacher and learner as well. But he also, um, we were talking about giving back to the open source community. Tony has some interesting open source stuff that he has been working on. Um, and that's why we have Tony on the show today is... Uh, We're going to talk to him about Turbo Laravel, which is super interesting. Um, I feel like enough people aren't talking about it. Um, That's why we wanted to have Tony on the show today. But before we do that, Tony, I want to ask, I want to start with an icebreaker question since this is your first time on the show. And, you know, we want to, I mean, obviously we all know each other here, but let's just get it started with this. What is the most interesting thing you've worked on or done recently? doesn't have to be at Titan, could be anywhere. Like just what's the most interesting thing you've done recently?
2: Way to put him on a spot, Dave. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I was totally un- unprepared for this. <laughs> so I have to say, the import map stuff. So I have other packages besides Turbo Laravel, and yeah. I've been spending some time with them lately. And the import map Laravel package that's very interesting work. Um, so what I'm and gonna, what, and what go with that.
0: No, what what is? Uh, and so for those who don't know, what does the import map package do?
1: Yeah, so <laughs>
0: this just became a different podcast, apparently.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the the idea of the package is it's a replacement for Webpack and Vite and all the oh, JavaScript okay. bundling. So you don't need any of that. You can write JavaScript and ship that same JavaScript that you wrote directly to the browser, and using scripts modules to import stuff, and then you can yeah configure where these modules come from and that's that's the the idea so you don't need node to run php applications using modern javascript stuff so
0: oh interesting tony we we might we might need to have you back to talk about that we might need a (laughs) a titan talk or something about that that sounds interesting yeah yeah sure (laughs) all right so turbo laravel um i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna hopefully i got this right um I'm the least technical person on this podcast today. So y'all, please, please keep me honest. Uh, but, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Turbo Laravel is a, is a package, as I understand it, that lets uh, devs get the most out of Hotwire, right? Which is this open source tool that Basecamp built and Turbo Laravel itself is kind of inspired by a Ruby gem. Um, yep. And this is, parts of it are kind of an evolution of Turbo Links, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a, that's a, a lot to kind of unpack so let's start with hotwire for someone who doesn't know what hotwire is what is it and this is my favorite phrase at titan what problem is it trying to solve what's the what's the what's the reason to use hotwire
1: okay so hotwire is not actually uh two it's not something that you can use hotwire okay. is it's more like an umbrella term yeah for an approach to building multi-platform applications driven by a web application okay it's a combination of some tools and libraries and techniques that allows you to build a web app and also port that web app to other platforms like mobile apps and yeah. desktop applications and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's the pitch for it, I guess. That's, that's, the, Maybe, that's the big
0: umbrella yeah. pitch for Hotwire, at least.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's easier if you, I don't know, if you compare that with something else, right? Well, but- go ahead.
2: No, I was going to ask, so what is it about Hotwire that made you want to? So I assume you worked with it. So what is it about that made it interesting for you?
1: Yeah, I think this multi-platform aspect of building an application and serving that to different clients, Mm -hmm. that's when it all got my attention, actually. Because as Dave mentioned in his question, like. (laughs) Hotwire is a, an evolution of Tubalinks, right? I've known Tubalinks for a while. And to me, it always sounded like something that would create more problems than, than it would solve. Mm. Because basically what Tubalinks did was you get a server-side application, traditional server-side application, no yeah. JavaScript navigation or anything like that. Every time you click on a link to your application, the default behavior of the browser is like send a request to the server and get the response and do a full page refresh, right? Yeah. What Tubalink links did was it hijacked your links, hence Tubalinks, and turned that into an Ajax request and sent that to the server via JavaScript and got the response and just replaced the body. That's the whole idea of Tubalinks. Tubo, which is one of the tools in the Hotwire umbrella, yeah. is basically an evolution of that. So this idea of building multi-platforms applications driven by a web, web app—it's—it's it's really what made me interested in Hotwire. And one thing I want to say is like, links didn't actually click for me until I watched Sam Stephenson's talk. About uh, I think the the talk is on YouTube. It's called Tubolinks. I can't believe it's not native. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it's that that thing showed me to to tubo Links and stuff. So I started studying Tubolinks at that time. There wasn't there was no Hotwire when I started studying it. And when Hotwire came live, I felt like I was <laughs> like it. It was an evolution of the things that I was already studying. So I I, I felt right at home.
2: So what happened to TurboLinks then? It's you said a is evolution of them. So I think they are no longer, or the package is no longer maintained. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Well, the idea is Tubo kind of replaces TurboLinks, so it works pretty much the same way, but does a few different more, th- uh, like a few more things than TurboLinks used to do. So it's like a, it's a replacement, re- mm-hmm. pretty much. The old one still works, but. If you want the new stuff, you've got to switch to, to JS.
0: Okay. So this is kind of a side note before we get into more. So one thing um, that I know from working with you and following you on Twitter, which everybody should do, as we already mentioned, because you're super interesting on Twitter, is that you, you keep your eye on what's happening elsewhere in programming, obviously, right? Like, Because a lot of these tools that you're talking about... Um, that w- I know you especially keep your eye on sort of the Ruby world and what's happening over there to see what's happening, to see, frankly, if there's anything that the Laravel world could make use of. Is that like something that you have always done as a dev? And I guess the sort of follow-up question is, do you kind of wish more folks were doing that too, to bring over interesting things from other other platforms?
1: (laughs) It's definitely something that I've always been doing. But to be honest, I don't know if anyone should do the same thing or not. Because like, it's your thing. It's something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's something that I do because I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. It, so people might enjoy different things. <laughs> I know.
2: Well, so I was going to ask, so because you keep an eye on the Ruby world, does it mean would you call yourself a Ruby developer
1: as well? Or is it? That's interesting. I know enough Ruby and Rails to be dangerous. That's how I <laughs> say it. <laughs> But I don't write. I haven't actually written any Rails program for production or anything like that for a client. Um, I've only done bad projects, and I can run and debug Rails applications and Ruby gems and stuff like that. But yeah. I, my knowledge there is actually kind of limited. I have the same thing with Elixir and Phoenix because I keep an eye on that as well yeah. and okay. some other communities. So yeah. it's like I can run. I can understands some of the things that's happening there um and i try to bring some of the good stuff that i spot to the laravel world basically
0: yeah i was gonna say because i mean like you know if other if other sort of communities are you know we're all trying to solve similar problems right and so if other communities are coming up with cool ideas why not like why reinvent the wheel like you know what i mean like why why struggle because i'm sure that there are you know You know, Laravel is is wonderful. We use it every freaking day here at Titan all the time. But um, you know, there are always ways that it's growing and getting better. And I'm sure there are times where you're like, I kind of wish, I want to do this thing. I want to pull this thing. I want this sort of pattern, or I want this feature. And it's like, well, they've got it. How do we get it? Right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's part of it.
1: Yeah, that actually happened a lot. Like, I was giving a an internal presentation at Titan. Yeah. And I remember (laughs) one of the lines that I had was. I built Tubo Laravel because I wanted to use it. And it was cool to see that happening in Rails. So I wanted to use it. So I, I wrote it in <laughs> PHP and Laravel. So.
2: <laughs> just why not? I mean, you know, it's cool. Let's yeah. do it. Do you think it would n- your knowledge of Ruby is import- was important for you to be able to build it in Laravel? Or would it be possible for you to just know about a feature and then kind of make it up as you go along?
1: That's interesting. I haven't thought about that. When I first wrote the lib, so by the way, let's go back to when they released it, right? So yeah. they it was 2020 or something, I mm-hmm. think, somewhere around that. And it was right on the week of Christmas. I'm not sure if it was on Christmas Day or the day before that. Um, And on the next day, I had a proof of concept for the library already. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, why not? Yeah. yeah. And I only... Ch- I only tried to reproduce what I saw from mm-hmm. DHH's video where he was demoing Hotwire and stuff, but I actually rewrote that, that this lib two or three times before the first release of it. Cause oh, wow. I, yeah, wow. I, when I started reading the source code for the Turbo mm-hmm. Rails gem, I, I noticed some things that they were doing were different than what I had. So I, yeah. I wanted to keep that in parity as much as I could. And it, Actually, it's it's a bit fun for me. Like I try to mimic the same code in PHP and Ruby. So, if you open one of my libs, um, most of them are ports of Rails gems. Yeah. So if you op- open one of this, one of my libs and go to a random class, chances are that this class actually exists in the Ruby mm. gem, oh. and it's probably named the same, and there's yeah. the, like there are the same methods with the same naming and signatures it's,
2: it's really good because then you don't have to worry about naming things you don't have to worry about the names you just take you know what they do. yeah it's also
1: it's also challenging because some of this stuff that exists in ruby the language doesn't yeah. exist in php so it's like okay yeah. now i have to work around this or something
0: <laughs> okay so turbo laravel supports i want to make sure I get, so tony correct me if i'm wrong but there's there's like four aspects there's turbo drive turbo frames turbo streams and turbo native is that all right
1: yeah can you before we yeah go ahead talk about this sure maybe it's easy to 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 talk about hotwire is an umbrella term for this approach and under the hotwire umbrella we have turbo js and we have stimulus js which is front-end framework yep and we have strada which is a library that's it's going to bridge the mobile and web world a okay. little bit. It's going to make that work easier, but we don't know much about it because it wasn't released yet. Okay. Um <laughs> yeah, we only know what folks talk about on Twitter and on GitHub issues and stuff like that. So it's like very little. And this this things that you mentioned, they are under yeah. the tubo lib. Right. So in, in tubo we have Turbo drive which is the successor of Tubolinks. It's yep. the direct successor of that. It does pretty much what Tubolinks did, but remember that I mentioned that tubolinks only worked with links.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: therefore the name was Tubolinks. Um, <laughs> tubo drive actually works with forms as well, so that's why it, it would be weird for them to call it Tubolinks since it works with both forms and links and yeah okay. so tubo drive. Once you install TuboJS on your application, Turbo Drive hijacks uh, it's like once that process that Turbo process starts in the browser, it will hijack in any links and form submissions and will turn that into AJAX requests and do the full body replacement instead of a page refresh entirely. And that on its own that gives you some performance I should say perceived performance, yeah. but because there is no actual right. performance on the server benefit for, from this, but the users feel the application faster mm. because it, all of a sudden you don't have to download the assets again. You don't have to repaint the page again. It just swaps the body and merges the head. That's the idea.
0: Yeah.
1: So they, they feel the application faster, even though it's actually the same speed over the over the wire. So, you get that out of the box when you install Turbo, and that's okay. That gets you like maybe sixty percent like benefits. Right. <laughs> Let's put it like that. But very soon you get into a, a situation where you want to replace the, just a small portion of the page, not the entire body. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's where Tubo Frames come in. So makes sense. <laughs> when you install Turbo, you get two new. HTML custom HTML tags to enhance your HTML basically and one of them is tubo frames, the other one is tubo streams which we're going to talk. with tubo frames you can essentially wrap a portion of your page around the tubo frame tag and whenever there is a link click or form submission inside that tubo frame, tubo will do the same thing, convert that to an Ajax request but instead of replacing the entire body, it fi- it tries to find a matching tubo frame in the response that it gets from the server and replace mm-hmm. just the frame. And it does that by checking the DOM ID mm-hmm. of the element. So that's tubo frames. There's a lot to s- talk about tubo frames, but I guess it's time for tubo streams, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Otherwise, it would be...
0: We- this would be a very long podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> With Turbo Drive, you replace the entire page. With Tubo Frames, you replace only one portion of the page. Yep. But there are times where you you need, like you need to update multiple sections of the page upon a user um, trigger action or something. Let's say the user is creating a comment in a, a post or something. Mm-hmm. You would want to append. Uh, new the new comments to the comments list. You would want to reset the the form. Maybe there's a counter. Maybe there's a flash message that you want to the user to see. That's had to do with just Tubo Frames, and you also don't want to replace the entire body. So for that, for those situations where you need to update multiple parts of the page, you can use tuber Streams. A lot of folks seem to think that you need web sockets f- to use Tubo streams and that's not true. Okay. You don't you don't need that. Um, you can return tubo streams from your controller to the frontend directly as a response of a request. And Turbo knows tubo und- understands that you're returning super streams and performs its actions because each Tubo stream can there are seven actions that you can do with tubo streams. You can append to something, prepend, update, replace, delete, or remove, I should say. And then you can also insert before, insert after things in the page.
2: Can I, can I just ask, like, so just to make sure I'm clear, so Turbo, in general, what it does, it sends, it hijacks the links and the forms and sends an AJAX request instead. And then in return, it doesn't receive JSON like we would expect with an API yeah. it receives HTML back so that's the yeah. this is what makes it so fast because all the rendering happens on the server not on the client side do i understand it correctly
1: yeah that's that's also the the main idea of hotwire like it, hotwire is an acronym or it's a word that means html over the wire that's hotwire mm-hmm. so it's like yeah. they they send html back and forth there's no json serialization or anything like that Okay so you cool. you're spot on there so you can return tubo streams from a request and update multiple parts of the page and this is where it gets interesting so you can use webSockets or any other broadcasting mechanism that you want for instance if you if there are two users visiting the same page one of them interacts with the page, you can actually get the same tubo stream that you sending to this user that is interacting with the page, and you can broadcast that HTML to all users that are visiting this page with WebSockets or Events or anything else. So the idea is you send the same HTML or the the HTML that you want to send, I should say. So yeah, that's that's why you use WebSockets, but it's not Mm. a requirement. Mm. And we also have (laughs) TurboNative. Which is something very interesting. I, I don't think Tubo native is talked that much. And it's like, it's the, the thing that actually got my attention in the first place. On the web, Turbo will hijack links and form submissions and do this other things that we talked about. But on the mobile side, what you have is a, a web view mainly. So you, mm-hmm. if you have a shell application written in Kotlin or in Swift, and inside that that application the the most basic example is a web view, right so the user will see a responsive version of your web application on their mobile applications. It would be weird not weird, but it wasn't going to be that good if we just replace the body in the same web view because that's not how mobile navigation works, yeah, so tubo Native does something else it, it like. Turbo Drive will listen for links and form submissions and it will instruct tubo native that hey there is a navigation going on so tubo native will intercept that and will do a mobile navigation so it's like you'll see a new screen popping and stacking up on top of that screen like as a real native screen even though it's mm-hmm. good, probably going to open a new web view or you can you can actually do some more advanced stuff. So with Tubo native, you can configure certain URLs from your screen, from your yeah. application, to actually open real native screens instead of web views. So this is the part that actually it, it's super interesting to me. Like you can increase the fidelity of your application for a specific mobile client. And you can do that per URL.
2: That's really interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah that's a, That's the thing that got my, my attention in the first place. So let's say, like, the first page of your application is a home application where you see the most recent activity or something. Mm-hmm. You probably want a native screen on the mobile client, because that's the first screen that the user sees. Right. And you want that to be fast. So that one you, you usually implement in fully native. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
2: yeah. So you mentioned that you found so Turbo Native interesting. So when you were building Turbo Laravel, can you think of an interesting problem that you come up with, like something that made you like, hmm, how am I going to solve that?
1: Yeah. Okay. It, it's something that was actually, I, I spotted it when I was exploring Turbo Native. So it has to do with, the way that Laravel handles form validations. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Usually a Laravel application, you you can type hint a form request in the controller action. This is getting too technical. No, 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 this is totally fine. Go for it, it's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, so you can type hint a a form request in a controller action, and in that form request, you have validation rules. Yeah. If any of those rules fail, Laravel throws an exception, right? So it's like before it actually enters the action, it throws an exception and redirects the user back to where the request came from but because of turbo frames we can inject forms in pages where the form doesn't exist maybe it's easier to picture if if we are visualizing the same page so let's say you have a post page and you have a add comment uh, link at the bottom of the page yeah. you click on it the form shows up yeah that form, it's now showing in the post show page. It's not showing the post ID slash comments slash create, which yeah. is where the form lives. Okay. So if the user submits an invalid form, and we, when we get to the Laravel um, validation handling and Laravel redirects back, it redirects back to the post show page. Yeah. It doesn't have the form.
2: Oh. So it's
1: like the user, users would see the form disappearing. Yeah, <laughs> that's the idea, which is not very
2: not a great user experience. A, yeah. I have to say, if the form disappears on you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you probably don't want that. No. <laughs> and it was actually very tricky to, to work around this problem because, as I said, like this happens right before, way before it enters the controller action, which is yeah. where you would have more control over the. Where you redirect the users to. So what I end up ended up doing was we have a middleware that we append we prepend to your application, yeah. And we catch validation exceptions inside the application, and we try to figure out where the form for this Is. <laughs> um, request <laughs> lives from. Yeah. 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 And we do that because Laravel has this uh, naming convention for resources. So if, if you have a I don't know comments.store route, like if the request was to this comments.store route, yeah. The form probably renders in a comments.create route. Yeah. So as what long as we you do stick
2: is, to the naming convention, yeah, yeah? Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And we check for that. So if there is this route and you know, we, we do all those, all those checks and that only happens if you are actually using the convention. So if that's the case then we dispatch another request internally so it's like the user sends one request that gets validation a validation exception thrown that goes back to the middleware which checks for that and we see that oh the the form actually lives in this page don't redirect back we can dispatch another request back to the application internally and then we return whatever the form the html and returns from that action
2: so fascinating it's like... <laughs> wow i mean how did you <laughs> yeah how was it like a way of like a try on error how long did it take you to figure it out like were the different approaches you tried
1: no i actually had some troubles with it because i wasn't aware that i needed to like there's a certain place in the middleware stack that you have to put your midware if you want to do something like that Mm-hmm. I I didn't know that, so I was having like issues because my cookies were being encrypted, and I needed to encrypt the cookies again and send it to the application, and I was lost. But then Taylor reached out, and I, I he actually it pretty much gave me the code I wanted <laughs> to write. So <laughs> it was fun.
2: That's the magic of the Laravel community. We help yeah. each other. It's
0: amazing. Yeah. Tony, is there something that you'd love to add to Turbo Laravel that you haven't had time to to build yet uh, or maybe something you want to fix from some something that you've implemented already? Is there sort of something that you just wish you could get to?
1: Nothing in particular, I, sh- I think, But because the thing is I try to keep this library in pair with the, the Rails gem. Yeah. So I, I try to keep them as close as I can uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to feature parity and all that. But I also want, like, there are some buttons and stuff that only exists, or that are common in the Laravel world that they are not so common in the Rails world. And mm-hmm. I wanted to support that. So I actually, we have that in the package already. There is a different way to return to streams from the controllers because this button, this way of building things in the Laravel community is more common. So we actually have that. One area that I wanted, to, I would like to explore more is in the native side, but that mm-hmm. doesn't actually have much to do with the Turbo Laravel pack. Sure, it's more like uh, I need to spend some time working with native applications using Turbo Laravel and see which problems <laughs> are happening there.
0: Do you find it challenging at all to sort of like, because you've got, you know, as you said, Turbo Laravel is, you're trying to keep it basically up to date as much as possible with something that somebody else is, is doing and building. Has that been a challenge at yeah. all? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I can see you all, because this is an auditory experience. You all can't see the look on Tony's face, but Tony was like, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. At the beginning, I was on top of the, the issues on the Hotwire repository. Yeah. But then I spent some weeks away. And then when I got back, it's like <laughs> I have 500 issues that I have oh, to check. No. But it, they are not to my application, but they are. Sure to the hotwire application and i try to keep parity with stuff so it's like i guess i should i should read them so every
0: time they make a fix you have to yeah. make yeah. a fix. oh you're you're like yeah. a shadow team member at this point <laughs>
2: yeah is. i'm trying he to <laughs> are you the only one working on turbo laravel or have you got anyone no else to help you? there
1: are some folks sending contributions yeah okay but well, we that. don't actually have a team yeah working on this or anything it's yeah, like yeah. Pretty much me and other folks using the lib that wants to contribute to it.
2: And would you say that it's, I mean, it's finished, like currently you have it where you want it to be, the package, and you're just going to improve or like keep an eye on Hotwire and go with that. But for now, do you feel like TurboLaravel is finished?
1: It is finished, but there are some areas that I want to improve on, which mm-hmm. is basically the on the huge job that we send when we broadcast things as i mentioned earlier the job is actually getting larger than i wanted it to be because we have to serialize ah, there's a whole <laughs> issue <shit> there <laughs> we have to serialize like basically you, you tell the job the huge job to when you're broadcasting a turbo stream you say render this view with this data and you're sending that to the backend, but the data is an array and it can be many different things. So depending on what you send as the data, your job message, like the background job message can get actually really large because that's going to be serialized and sent to the queue, which depending on the queue driver that you're working on, like if you're using SQS or something, there is actually a limit to the size of the message.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So... Folks might face some issues there, but I still <laughs> I haven't so, found a, an efficient way to serialize these jobs yet. I, there are some things that I wanted to explore, but I'm I'm still digesting mm. this problem.
2: Before we yeah, I was gonna say before we go. Yeah. I mean this seems to be like a very typical cheesy question, but has anyone ever asked you how does hot wire compare to live wire? <laughs>
1: Yeah, actually, I got some questions on Twitter, and, <laughs> yeah, and the YouTube videos that I put as well. Honestly, I don't have a good answer for it, but I can try to come up with one. <laughs> yeah, go on. I would say the problem that both of these libraries are trying to solve is it's similar. So the idea is that you you write reactive applications, only writing um server side code so you mm-hmm. don't actually write front-end code that much even though you actually actually doing both of them but it's not that much it's like minimal javascript that's the idea mm-hmm. but the way they do this is different Livewire is more on the component side of things and hotwire is more on the rest and resources side of things so it's actually a bit challenging to explain but I think, for instance, in in LiveWire, you tend to think more in in terms of stateful components. Even though Mm -hmm. I know that LiveWire is actually stateless, there's no stateful process running in the back back backend or anything like that. It's like you send state back and forth between the client and the server. You have to think, in LiveWire, you have to think in terms of stateful components. And in Hotwire, we embrace the stateless approach of building web applications, which... Might make sense to some folks and or not, I don't know what's interesting about this is that you can actually use both of them in the same application and they work just fine. You don't have to choose one so, or the yeah, other so it's or, not one or
2: the other. It's just yeah. two packages that kind of work on the same principle yeah. I would think, but
1: yeah, so the the whole idea of hardware is like you progressive enhance your application towards you know more. Interactivity, more dynamicness on the client side. And you could have liveware. Uh, and for to achieve that, you, you use the tools that we talked um, so far, like tubo drive, tubal frames, tubal streams. And then you, you also can use stimulus when you actually need to write some client side code. Mm. Mm. What you could do there is have liveware as an option to write some of the um, reactive code as well. So you, you don't actually need stimulus until you need something. Um, more on the client side of things so you could have livewire as a an option there as well and alpine of course alpine alpine yeah. also works with this thing so <laughs> at that time it gets a lot of things yeah um, on the same app which is, might be confusing to some folks so that's <laughs> that's why I, i've been avoiding <laughs> uh, <laughs> this discussion <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, but you know when you when you said that fine. people ask you that, so I said, well, people want to know, so let let's ask and let's see.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, Tony. One last question, and then we'll let you go. Um, is there one thing that you wished we would have asked you about Turbo Laravel? Is there something that we didn't get a chance to talk about today?
1: No, I think I think we actually covered a lot of ground.
0: Yeah, I. Th- I mean, I. I mean, I I learned a ton. I don't know about I don't know about Susanna. I mean, I you oh, know I, I knew a little bit going in, but Tony, this is all this has been super interesting, super fascinating to learn more. And so, you gave us uh, your Twitter handle. Um, what's the I mean, can where, where can people find the actual uh, repo or, or website for Turbo Laravel?
1: Uh, it's under my GitHub profile. Uh, it's GitHub slash Tony Okay. Slash Turbo but you can also just Google Turbo Laravel. And- that will get you to the repository.
0: All right, well, Tony, this has been great. Thank you so much. Uh, Susanna, do you have anything else you you wanna say before we go?
2: No, I think we've covered, like like Tony said, we've covered a lot of ground and I found it really interesting. And yeah, I can't wait to give it a go.
0: Yeah, thanks so much, Tony, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank
2: you, Tony.